Look, it's not a secret that the campaign season is already around the corner. It's slowly crawling its way up into the surface and we're all feeling it at this point. With that realization, I just kind of feel like I'm adulting. Well, let me explain. It's because this is the point of time when I no longer just have to watch the campaigns on the television, but actually try to comprehend their advocacies or what they're trying to say. You know, it's this time when we no longer just listen to people argue over who to vote, because at times we try to chime in the conversation and, well, put our stand. And when campaign jingles are no longer something we just laugh at, but honestly sometimes kind of cringe at, because there are some of them that I, well, you know, cringe at. I'm not going to say any more details about it, but that's that. And I mentioned that last bit about campaign jingles. It's because I was told that when I was young, I used to remember the jingles of some candidates and would sing them all the time. I find that funny now because those days seemed so simple that all I did was sing along and probably move on. But now that I'm 18 years old, I have a much bigger responsibility than just jamming to the ring of their anthems, you know. I have now outgrown that face and would need to take in a heavier load on my shoulders for the betterment of our country. So for today's episode, we will focus on emphasizing the government's responsibility in ensuring that the upcoming elections would be fair, safe, and accessible in the light of the ongoing COVID-19. Here, we will ask questions such as what could be the problems that might be encountered due to the current state of our country, and what are the responsibilities of our government in solving those issues. Most importantly, today we ask the greatest question that young adults like me should be pondering about. Why should we be in the know? Before we begin, I would like to say that this episode and the next one is pretty special as it is in partnership with We Vote PH Every Vote Matters. They are an advocacy campaign whose mission is to create an empowered youth electorate by exerting efforts to expand, strengthen, and empower our communities to make voting and civic participation a social responsibility and a strong conviction. See, now more than ever, we do really need movements like this that encourage Filipino citizens, most especially youth voters, to participate in the electorate process. And as I've mentioned a while ago, we are now given the responsibility to take up space in our society. And that includes exercising our right to choose our future leaders that will then dictate the future of our country. Some of us might be afraid, confused, or even adamant in being politicized, but do know that it is our right to have a voice, you know? It's our right to know. And in campaigns like this is where we find that spark of courage as we make our way through figuring out how collectively we can be the change that 
the Philippines just needs. But let us first contextualize why we need to talk about this. Like, what's the purpose? Why are we diving deep into this topic? It's because we have a main problem, and that is right now, there is a lack of accountability in promoting safe and fair elections. Because as of the moment, Comelec has yet to release the guidelines for the whole election proper. And according to their spokesperson, James Jimenez, they're still coordinating with different agencies, particularly relevant health authorities, and the guidelines are still unfinished, though they are aiming to release it on the 1st of October. They also mentioned that they are in coordination with the Interagency Task Force on Emerging Infectious Diseases in drafting the voting guidelines, which is a relief for now. Since we have yet to hear about the guidelines itself, it is quite inevitable to feel a little bit concerned about how it's all going to go down. And truth is, we can't really blame the people for worrying about their protection and subconsciously forcing them to decide between ensuring their safety versus exercising their right to vote. So now, how do we solve this problem? Remember what I said earlier about being in the know? The thing is, the more we are aware about our rights and about the facts, then the less we feel inferior. That's why it's important for us to emphasize the responsibility of our government and to determine what those responsibilities are. Because the more we know about that, then the less obnoxious we get about the injustices that we face, about um, the unfairness that might come or might arise in the near future. So now that we have posed the problem and the possible solution, it's time to dive in deep to the questions that we should ask. It's time for us to discuss in detail why we should break the barriers and ensure the integrity of elections amidst obstacles. The very first thing that we should ask ourselves, though, is why is it essential that we are assured to have a fair, safe, and accessible elections this upcoming May 2022? And the answers to that question are the most obvious ones, simply because it is our right to vote and to be protected against the threat of COVID-19. You see, fairness, safetyness, and accessibility are things that are hard to manage when you mix them together without a proper system. So as we process this, we have to keep in mind that neither the accountability of the elections nor the health of those who will be involved should be risked. Because we are aware that it's not easy to hold an election in the middle of a health crisis. You know, both events are already hard to manage on their own. It's hard to handle a pandemic. It's hard to um, initiate elections. And so to piece the puzzles together, being aware that it's already hard to juggle two heavy loads and not hearing an assurance that it will be controlled can induce fear and anxiety. We most definitely don't want that negative thing. Because deciding when to give up our right to vote because of this circumstance should not be a choice a Filipino citizen ever has to make. 
So as I was doing my research, I came across something that Commission on Election spokesperson James Jimenez mentioned in a podcast last April 13. He said, quote, Fear mongers who say people are afraid to vote because of COVID-19? Not true, unquote. And then later on, he said that he wasn't making any big claims because he was referencing something that is real and proven, and that was the generally successful Palawan plebiscite. Now, the gist of the whole electoral exercise, which, by the way, had a 60% voter turnout, which is nearly about 300,000 registered voters, was that the polling booths were effective and everyone wore their masks and observed the protocols. So this is why Jimenez said na kaya namang ma-achieve ang election sa 2022. It's a given though na this plebiscite had new variables that were not present in the past elections, such as filling out health declaration forms and you know being subjected to sanitation procedures. I believe that this event, being the first one held in our country during a pandemic, is what proved the idea that an election could be made possible, of course, while still abiding to the uh, ways of the normal. But while the idea of this can be quite convincing, it might be too good to be true, because we have to consider the fact that there is a big difference between the number of registered voters in Palawan and the Philippines itself because the numbers are 490,639 versus around 60 million respectively. So in order to assume that we are safe and that the elections would be fair, our government and everybody involved must step it up, diba? Kaya nga, it's a matter of scaling up. Now, that being said, I want to breeze through what I think could be the problems that might be encountered. And I have three main things on the top of my head. I wouldn't be really dwelling on much on these things, but I'm just here to share my two cents. And let's begin with social media. We know that this will play a big role in the upcoming elections as, of course, this is mainly our way to disseminate information as of the moment. But for me, it's both an efficient and terrifying means of communication because, you know, with the surge of fake accounts and fake news, it could be hard for some people to filter what is true and what is only made to look like the truth. Because honestly, ako akala ko, um, internet literate na ako with my age, but there were still times when I became a victim of false details. So what more sa mga taong hindi masyadong familiar sa social media? How would they navigate to determine what they must do or um, the next step that they must follow when technology itself could be a dangerous tool for some people, you know? I'm thinking hard about how it's so easy to become a prey of this that I begin to worry about how they will control the circulation of facts and delineate it from fiction. You know, with the absence of face-to-face campaigns, I do believe that this might become a headache for, well, most of us. And since we are already on the topic of social media and the internet, let's recognize the idea that rebranding yourself online is way easier because you can curate your persona exactly how you want to be seen and people could believe it. 
since we heavily rely on social media on and virtual events and getting to know whatsoever i'm afraid that the credibility of some might only be based on how they market themselves and less on their qualifications because well i think we have seen how catchy jingles and dance moves had made it the determinant for some people to choose a candidate diba right? I'm just worried that this time around it will be smoother for some people to pull that trick off. And lastly, of course, it's COVID proofing the whole system because ito yung pinakamahirap gawin, di ba? Obviously, it will come down to creating a structured plan that will obey the safety protocols that we have. You know, Comlec would need to make plans in preventing um, overcrowding, in changing the setup of polling places, and in keeping registration records in check kasi alam natin diba kung saan ka naka-register dapat doon ka boboto so what if a person cannot return to the municipality they're registered in because of the um the strict travel guidelines diba it could be chaotic and the problem that we have right now is not only our economy and the global pandemic but also mandating regulations that will uh, both satisfy diba, the fairness and safety without the expense of the other. That being said, let's move on to determining what are the responsibilities of the government to assure fairness, safetyness, and accessibility in this upcoming national election. You see, I believe it all boils down to one vital thing, which is making the system. Our national government, together with the Commission on Elections and LGUs, should work hand-in-hand hand to make a successful plan that will yield little to no controversy in the election proper and protocols that will ensure the welfare of the people. See, this is the time when all of them must exert their greatest efforts as everything might turn out defective if their plans do not jive in with each other. Because sometimes, Kaya lang naman nagkakagulo mga tao because of the system itself. That's why sa panahon ngayon, coordination is key when we are working on a bigger scale. Our government is responsible in keeping everything at bay. And of course, being open to suggestions in creating an approach that will lessen the risks. I believe that the Palawan plebiscite had its success mostly because people were ready to cooperate with each other. And as we are kind of looking at the events last March as a blueprint of what we assume will happen in May next year, then maybe the greatest lesson we could learn from them is to not mess up the process. You know, to work for the betterment of everybody and not just for their own good. Like, do not as much confuse the people and add to their uncertainty because really, most of us just react to what we are getting from the higher-ups. So I've said this once and I'll say it again, coordination is key. Fairness, safety, and accessibility won't be assured if there will be no methodical agreement between all the sectors and stakeholders. You see, if Palawan has done it on a smaller scale, then I'm keeping my hopes up that we can follow their example and make next year's election resemble their system or maybe, hopefully, do better.
The things I've said just now are fractions of ideas that you can research about, and it will be quite lengthy if I go through all of them thoroughly, so I suggest that you read more into it, because being aware that our government holds this responsibility is the first step into having an open mind about talks that involve discussions like this. So before I end today's episode, let's kind of break away from just knowing and start understanding. Because this matter wouldn't make any sense, all the stuff I just said won't make any sense if we do not process it. So let's not be stuck in simply being educated because empowerment begins when we acknowledge the purpose of what we know. Since we concentrated today on the responsibilities of our government in making the upcoming election fair, safe, and accessible, let's now ask ourselves how this matter relates to us. It's time for us to understand why are we even hearing about this. Does it even matter? Well, of course it does matter because young adults like me are now burdened with the responsibility of knowing. Whether we like it or not, we are a part of our society. We cannot deny that in one way or another. We have to take up space because we are involved and we must be involved. The reason why we should know the government's responsibility this May is because their response is exactly how the elections will go down. And if we lack a basic knowledge about what they must deliver, then it's like turning a blind eye. You know, we should remember that the course of action they will take can either make or break the plebiscite. We can be influenced positively or negatively depending on the decision that they will make. I'm going to leave you to think about this for a while because then again, the only way for us to be empowered is if we start thinking, if we start analyzing, and if we start being in the know.